The Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports. Well, it's Thursday, and it is time for another Jerry DePoto Show. We do this every Thursday at 8.30. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, guys. Just me today. Brock is uh, taking his final uh, days of vacation here before uh, before the uh, football season begins. But you know, I, we've we've seen this team come out of the break and and probably not what you were hoping for. How would you describe what we've seen since the All Star break? Uh, you know, certainly not what we saw headed into the All Star break, and, and and but in different ways. You know, I, since we came out of break, you know, we've we've had a start and go offense. You know, there there've been beginnings or or nice days but nothing consistent which is kind of a repeat of most of our first half and you know what's been a little unusual coming out of the break is that our pitching has wobbled and you know we, we just haven't really done the things that we do on the mound and and that's led to uh you know to a couple of of hard-fought series truly i mean we didn't play well against the tigers and you know bryce came up with a good one on sunday and we we salvaged the game and and now with the the series with the twins, we just we just haven't given ourselves much of a chance. I thought Luis Castillo was was very good last night. Yeah, one of the stuffier outings he's had as a Mariner. But by and large, you know, our, our pitching just hasn't put us in a position to win games as it usually does. Well, it also kind of feels like some of the mistakes have compounded on themselves at times. But where do some of the mistakes come from? You know, it's it, again, it's just something that when you're pressing, you do things that stand out as odd. And, you know, I don't know what it is about this season or, or why it has been this way with our team, but, you know, it, we found a way, you know, in the previous two years, we found a way to do the clutch thing. And, and in these, these, you know, past few months, we just found a way not to do the clutch thing. And you know, I think getting thrown out twice at home plate in a six hit first inning, the other night was uh that's a tough one to swallow you know last night you know just whiffing a ball that's right there just above the strike zone it's probably it's, it's, with the bases loaded is it, they're not things we normal normally do and and these are not players who are all, all mistake prone you know there's some who are more likely to run into a mistake than another but you know by and large it's just something that has has vexed this team all year long you know we found a way to do the thing that we can't do in, in order to to win the game and and that's the way it's resulted so what do you do in in your job when you see that what do you do like we've done all year long and like i think scott has done it's it's trying to urge the group I know in, in recent weeks he's he's tapped into don't try to be the hero in the batter's box. I, it's it's a very similar mentality across the rest of the game. It's it's just trying to stay within yourself and do what you do to affect the game. And you know you can't go out and hit a five run homer. You're not going to go out there and strike out six hitters in an inning. And it's 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 just staying within your game. And, and I think so many of our guys right now realize the, the urgency and, and our need to, to get on a roll that's beyond, you know, win for or lose for. This is, it's been a very back and forth season. And, and, you know, it's very unusual. We've been doing this for a long, long time. And I, it's, we're 500 team. That's about as mediocre as, as you're going to be. And we've done it in a very 500 way. We never separate very much from the, the win to lose to type type scenario. And, and typically a team gains more traction in one way or the other. And we've, we've just not been able to find that. 
Are there buttons left to push? I don't know is the the answer. You know, right now we're we're dealing with we're a little banged up. You know, the short starts coming out of the break has put some stress on our bullpen, so we're tapping into a good deal of our depth. We had already tapped into our depth. You know, and in addition to the back and forth game, you know, we've we've done what we've done to this point in July. We're nearing our 100th game, and I think we've only had one starting pitcher with, with any meaningful, you know. Th- track record for major league service or one that existed beyond two years. So it's, uh, you know, we've, we've really exercised a full organizational, I, I guess we've tapped into our organizational depth to play to this point. I'm not sure that there's much more there that we can go tap into. We are headed into the trade deadline. We've not really separated ourselves in a meaningful way to, to be aggressive on the buying end, but you know, we are constantly trying to find ways to make ourselves better and, We'll use these next couple of weeks of July to to consider those ways, whether it's whether it's better to, to make a push for the 23 season or to better situate ourselves for 24. So when I hear you say that, it, it, what I hear you saying, and maybe I'm wrong, is that selling in some fashion is not off the table. No, and it never has been. You know, I, I think in, in when you've asked that question in the past, I've always tried to answer it as, as honestly as I can. We are always you know, one foot in camp of buyer and one foot in the camp of the seller, believing that the best way to approach any trade deadline is with the mindset of how do we make the Mariners better? And, and that's a, it's a broad question that can be answered in a lot of ways. So, you know, in years past, we've done a little of both. Last year, we were very aggressive in, in the trade market for what, what I would call, you know, the big fish, you know, and we were able to land Luis Castillo now, this year, we're probably not going to be in that market. We're going to be more in the, the margins market or trying to find a way that we can get a little bit better in 23 and, and better situate ourselves for 24. Because one way or the other, we've learned a lot this uh, the first half of this season. And, and I think it's it goes there's a there's a public narrative to, to our offensive team. And there's the actual and the actual is. We're about an average major league offense by most advanced metrics, and we need to find a way to be better than average. And you know, in order to do that, we can tap into a lot of different avenues, and uh, some of it's going to come from our system. Some of it's going to come from outside, and it has to, and maybe that starts now. So what, is it, what does that mean? You know, how, what are the differences there between sort of the public narrative and you know, what you're seeing in advanced metrics that, that leads you to say it's, a, it's average? Uh, we've hovered right around a, a 100 WRC plus or OPS plus for most of the year, at least most of these last three months. That is average. You know, we do it in a slightly different way than is, you know, I guess, pleasing to to most onlookers. We don't hit for a high average. We are roughly 15th in the league in runs scored. We are roughly 15th in the league in in home runs. We are we are in the top 10 in the league in in walk percentage. And you know the area that drags us down is the contact. Believe it or not, we are 15th in the league in hitting with runners in scoring position. <laughs> it's a but the when we're watching it, I think the expectations around this team were that we should have already won our 110th game. You know, Luis Castillo should have already qualified for the Cy Young. Julio should have already joined the 50-50 club. And, you know, and win two, lose two creates this mad frustration. It's a very average offensive team, and we have to find a way to become better than average. And uh, it's it's going to take some – it's going to require some creative moves because we don't have 
uh, a next wave of bats at AAA ready to come and, and push us over that edge. And we need our young players to, to step forward, moving forward. And, and we're probably going to need to address something from outside as well. So I wonder whether some of that affects the like the mentality in the in the clubhouse if if there if that public narrative exists versus some of what you see in the advanced metrics how do the guys handle that because I watch you know the two guys get thrown out at home plate the other day and I, I wonder at least whether or not that stems from a desire to be more aggressive or a lack of faith that they're going to be driven in from third base or whatever the case may be how much do they seem to understand some of those differences, if that makes sense? Uh, you know, I think they understand them. I think that's why the mistakes happen. And, and you know, there's it's you play tight. You're trying to deliver. You're trying to tell, you know, a different story than what happened last night, you know, in a, in a game where we were you know on the, on the wrong side of it. And the players feel that pressure. You know, they, they, they really do. And I don't think it's a it's a lack of belief in the fact that the next hitter up is going to drive you in at all. You know, it's a, it's an area where you are trying to do more than you're capable. And I, I know it sounds like a broken record through the weeks and saying that when you are trying to do more than you are capable, you are almost always going to do less. <laughs> and, and yet every time as competitors, we get in that situation and we want to please, we want to please people. We want to please fans. We want to please coaches. And, and you go out and you push yourself beyond, or you try to do a little more than you're capable or in that moment, you know, when it's on the line, you squeeze the bat a little bit harder, or, you know, you're guessing, boy, he threw me two sliders in a row. I'm going to sit on the slider. Boom. There's the fastball and the game's over. And, and I know that's the, you know, that's what we've watched throughout the course of the year. We have a good, talented team that just hasn't played up to its standards. And, and I think we've been chasing it for months now with, with a group that is trying to live up to the expectations that we all had of, of ourselves and that, the, and that our fan base and, and the, the surrounding public had for us. And we just haven't done well managing that. And then we've allowed the, the stress of that to weigh us down. You, you mentioned some of the young pitchers this year, and, and Brian Wu uh, we know is going to be limited at some point just because of some of the previous injuries. Do we have a sense as to how many starts he has left? Uh, you know, he'll pitch through the end of the year, health, you know, health you know, cooperating with, with us. But you know, there may be a time, and, and it could happen uh, come mid-August, where we stretch our rotation out to a sixth starter. There is the potential of, of using the combination of off days, which start to get a little bit more common in mid-August to the end of the year, off days and spot starts to, to be able to skip them. But, you know, like we did a year ago with George and, and like we did the year before with Logan, you know, our, our general plan is to make sure that these guys have the, the experience of pitching through a long season, not just reaching a start that a, you know, a start number and innings total and shutting them down. We'd rather be creative and getting to the end so that they experience a six-month season because that's the mm-hmm. bigger weight to carry moving forward. Do you think Marco returns? Do we have an update on where Marco's at? Uh, no real update. You know, Marco is, is still uh, he's still not in a throwing program, so impossible yet to tell, you know, when or if he'll be back. Minimally, it, you know, it's it, it will take weeks, not days, for him to, to get back into, you know, a a throwing program and build up the innings to be able to contribute. So, you know, the clock's ticking and hopefully we'll get an update today. That is, uh, that is 
a, a positive one, but I can't really give you any update beyond he's still not in the throwing program. We don't have a timeline for his return. I think about what you said there about trying to be creative and, and, and needing to, you know, get your offense above average. And it makes me wonder, and I don't, I'm not sure exactly how to ask this question or how you can answer it, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Has this year changed your view at all of some of the sort of core pieces that you had been counting on as opposed to peripheral pieces? No, not at all. I, there's, and when you say core pieces, I look at our, the team on the field, and I, I said it a moment ago, we have we have good players, and and in some cases we have good players who are not playing, you know, up to their capabilities or potential, and in other cases we have players who are still evolving. You know, it's a it, it's there is an expectation that is attached to some of our young guys, to Julio, to Jared Kelnick, to Cal Raleigh, some of our young pitchers. These guys are Brian Wu, Bryce Miller. Right? There are a lot of young, evolving major league players, and and to think that there wouldn't be bumps in the road for these guys would have been foolish. And uh, you know, some of of the struggle that that we have had is simply on me. You know, I didn't do a good enough job of building a group around that 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 core to to support the bumps and the bruises. And and you know, that's played out. I, that there's now we are four clean months into the season and, and that's been a real you know hole for us throughout the season and and we have to figure out how to get better there and you know i do think that we need to to add to that core we need to extend what that core looks like it is fun to see some of our veteran players start to show you know gino's been on a nice little heater since the, the break he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark you know and he looks more like Eugenio Suarez and you know that's a positive sign I do think that we've seen some ups and downs from those that young group but that's almost to be expected and you know we we need the stability from our veterans and that's where we've just fallen a little short this year is the combination of you know evolving young players who at times have wobbled and veterans who have generally not been quite what they've always been and and that's a that's a and and I say that and I want to throw a, the, the the bulk of the the praise for this team has been about the pitching, but we've we have also seen you know some really good runs that are almost always supported by one hot bat and what has been a very consistent JT Crawford. So you know there's there's still a lot to love about our team, and you know but you can't really look back at the last four months and see wow I've loved the way this has gone. It's it's been a struggle. Yeah. Brock and I got into a into a conversation, I think it was yesterday, about the importance of stars, not just in baseball. We we're kind of talking about it more across sports and in the modern day in general, um, as as being a star is probably different than it was 10, 20, 30, 50 years ago, depending on how you look at it. What is what do you think is the importance or value of stars in the modern day game to building a roster? Uh, I mean, stars, stars help because stars are stars because they have talent <laughs> and talent drives. And, you know, I, I, I do think that there is a, you know, we have players with, we have a handful of pitchers who are stars who frankly don't get the notoriety of stars. And, you know, I know there's a, a again, public narrative, Luis Castillo is, you know, top 10 in the league in ERA, top 10 in the league in strikeouts. He's a three-time all-star. 
I don't know that, it, that that he would be considered a star. I'm not sure you can be much better than George Kirby. And, you know, his last start accepting, his consistency, the stuff, you know, he's he's got that kind of quality. I think, you know, obviously Julio has an element of celebrity and big talent and, and star power. You know, there's those players in a moment give you, you know, they, they buoy your lineup, they buoy your rotation and they buoy your season to, to the point where, you know, it's when it starts to get on a bad roll, they're typically the ones who stop it and start moving it in the other direction. And, you know, there's our stars on the mound have generally been positive in doing that. And, you know, we, we need to continue to develop the group around, you know, the, the, the more, I guess, celebrated players. And I think there are more in our system who have a chance to, to play on that tier. But, you know, games are won and lost by depth. It's a, as stars in the NBA make games happen. They make championships happen. You know, a star player in the NHL can separate you in, in the postseason. In Major League Baseball, a star is, is an attraction. It's a star power, and it stops a ball from rolling in the wrong direction. But it's such a team game. It's a, it's in that way. I can't even, you know, stress how important it is to make use of your entire roster. And some of the better teams that you'll see, you know, over the course of time, it, it's, it's built on every position that you look at. You're like, wow, that guy's a better player than I thought. Wow. He was a better player than I thought. And then all of a sudden there's, there's, there's a sprinkling of an ace and a, and a, and a real, attraction in the middle of the lineup but that's that's how you win in baseball is one through 26 and and the stars just help you stop the ball from rolling just as an aside i'm watching that kid last night duran pitch for for minnesota what are we doing like what what what, he's throwing 105 miles an hour jerry what how does anybody get a hit off of that uh it was certainly deflating thinking (laughs) man i don't know how you do it and it's uh and to, it's 105 and it's not even his best pitch. <laughs> it is what's scary, you know that 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 splitter or splunker, whatever it is that he throws, that's almost 100 miles an hour and moves in a different direction each time is is just nasty uh, on a different level. But uh, pitching has evolved to such an extent. And I I think I, I don't know this is accurate today, but I think the the batting average in in the American League today is 248 or in the big leagues is 248 and i and i think people look at a 248 hitter like oh what's wrong with so-and-so 248 in our league right now is average it's really hard to hit when guys look like john duran he's that's and when guys look like andres munoz and paul seawald and 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 george kirby and luis castillo it's it's amazing what's come out of, of of pitchers hands in recent years and and the evolution of pitching has really made playing offense so much more. It needs to be more strategic. And that those are some of the lessons we've learned. It's, you know, the, the, it's, you're always going to be able to draw a walk. You're always going to be able to, to manage an at bat. You're always going to be able to choose which pitch that you swing at, but it's becoming harder and harder to, to put balls in play. <laughs> and, you know, I think the, we're seeing a better, version of the game today than we've seen in recent years due to rules changes you know again public narrative versus reality our run scoring per game is up almost a half a run this this year over last year year over year and and uh that's 
from last year at the trade deadline to this, our offense has actually gotten better. But you'd never know it because it is it is so hard to consistently have traction when you're facing guys like this every night. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I I hear what you're saying, and I understand that you know members of the public or media or whomever can certainly you know run a little wild with with narratives, but it is it is hard to also at the same time sort of ignore the eye test. And, you know, we're sitting here, as you said, almost 100 games in and seeing Texas start to kind of pull away a little. I hear the frustration in your voice. I know you sense the frustration in in the fans and everybody else who's been kind of watching the team this year. I'm not even sure what my question is, Jerry, other than to just sort of say, what happens next? (laughs) Yeah, no, and you say it. And I think, you know, the question is, I'm not criticizing you know the eye test right. i've seen it too and i and every thursday i get on with you and tell you i see it too <laughs> i what, what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to defend the fact that there's our club is not rolling out there and and rolling over they are playing like a mediocre baseball team and that's you know right now that appears to have been our four-month fate and you know what comes next is we flip the script and like last week, like the week before, like every week that I've come out and talked to you since we've experienced these struggles, that's going to happen with our young players taking the step forward. It's going to happen when players with real track records start finding some traction. And it's got to be more than one at a time. You know, leading into the break, we had a couple of hot hitters and we won seven out of 10. That's we. That's the thing is having more than one hot hitter. It's coming out of the break Gino's swinging the bat pretty well. Not not a lot going on up and down the lineup otherwise, really. And again, JP's been as consistent as, as all get out. So we, we have to figure out how to get multiple hitters moving in the same direction to score runs. And and here, you know, new element to, to bring to the table. We have to get back to doing what we do on the on the pitchers now and getting ahead of hitters and, and being efficient in our pitch counts to get deeper in games. Jerry, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Obviously, it seems to just be remarkable how many Wednesdays this team has managed to lose right before we have some of these conversations. But appreciate you coming on and joining us. And uh, we got a day game today. Kirby on the mound. Beautiful day at T-Mobile Park. And uh, try to uh, you know split this series and then on to Toronto this weekend. So uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. You got it, Mike.